This is a Salt Hill Media Originals podcast. podcast this is fender jackson first of all you'll notice some new music this is by cormac august nakati cash a big round of applause please for cormac and the cheese cats thank you they play so beautifully don't you think yes so this week i track down Pam Finn. Pam has produced a wonderful documentary about the visit from John F. Kennedy, the president of USA, in 1963 to Galway. It was intriguing to me why he came here and the effect that he had on Galway and its people. Although she's made a few documentaries before in the past, This is Pam's first proper production, I would argue, in terms of her gaining from it financially in a fully recognized way. And I encourage you to go to jfkthreemiles.com and buy the movie. It's only a fiver. How much is a cup of tea nowadays? Much as a haircut. I know I spent a lot of money in haircuts in my day, which I then had to go home and fix. Though they were mostly in Yorkshire and in China. It's funny how the quality of control for haircutting in Yorkshire and China is very similar. It forces one to reflect on whether there's a bit of a dialogue happening in the haircutting areas of these parts of the world. Is there one big scam going on there? So, yeah, think of it as the seventh of a haircut or whatever it is that you pay. And go to the hairdressers as well. Let's spread the love. So without any further messing about, let's go straight to that conversation. Okay, band, wrap it up. This is the Galway Podcast. Who are you and what do you do? Wow, that's a sweeping question. <laughs> uh, like, I have so many hats. So, I, like, my name is Pamela Finn, obviously known as PR Pam. But I worked in the media, continue to do so. Uh, about 20 years ago, I started working in the, in the media, worked in radio and then worked in print. Then I went back to college, got a diploma in journalism. And then when I was working with one of the newspapers, I decided to set up a PR firm. That's almost 17 years ago. So managed PR for festivals, brands, etc. And then went to PR mentoring. But I met with um, the Hollywood, Hollywood acting coach or voice coach about 12 years ago. He was running a course on TV presenting. 
I always wanted to do TV presenting, but just never really thought I could do it. And I said, I'll do the course. Did the course uh, with Paul Mercedes and he put me forward for a job with Irish TV. I got uh, my own hour long show on Sky 191 Irish TV. And from that, I was always in front of the camera, but I always had an interest in what was going on behind the camera, how to come up with news stories. Then I launched a Social TV, which is a TV production company for social media in Los Angeles in 2018 with uh, my then business partner. And then COVID happened, but I wasn't going to let COVID stop me. So I was doing presenting on social TV and a few little bits of pieces of presenting here and there. But I produced and directed a lot of the shows that we would have run on social TV. But then when COVID hit, events stopped, obviously. So then I decided that I had an idea for a show. I pitched it to RTE, um, produced it, semi-directed it because the day I was, with the day we were actually creating the show, it's not funny, it was the day that my sister actually went in for chemo, her first chemo treatment. So it took, put a real spanner in the works. But that show got produced, directed. And then um, I always had this idea to create a show, not a show, sorry, a documentary. And the documentary was about, well, numerous documentaries, but the first one was my passion project about John F. Kennedy and about his visit to Galway and that love story between John F. Kennedy and the Galway people. So in a nutshell, <laughs> that's who I am <laughs> and that's what I do. <laughs> so did you grow up in Galway? Yes, I did. Yeah, I grew up in Galway, but I spent time in Australia and Italy as well. Um, just the usual kind of backpacking holidays, working backpacking holidays, nothing career driven at the time, kind of time out more than anything. And where did you grow up then? Uh, so, yeah, or more. So it's just outside Galway City, about maybe 10 miles outside Galway City. So it's a little village near, just located on the Atlantic Ocean. Beautiful little village. So that's where I was born and bred, as the saying goes. But, I know it well. Yeah. The Bucks, yeah. that's where the Bucks are. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And there's a song about Oremore as well. But yeah. So it's a beautiful location. And I suppose it does inspire you. Your location, I think, does inspire you. And it, for me, it's really important to be near the sea. They say it's connected with your mental health, the need to be near the sea. So <laughs> yeah. I literally live two, two minutes away from the sea. But I find that my creativity sparked when I am out and about and thinking um, and being close to nature. So that's important. So you mentioned there that this is your first documentary, uh, the JFK one. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, mm. So let's talk about his trip, first of all, and then I'll talk a bit more about um, or I'll ask you a bit more about uh, the process. So mm -hmm. why did JFK come to Galway? So when John F. Kennedy decided to come to Galway, one of his close associates, Kenny O'Donnell, who would have been a close family friend and was as part of the administration said like why are you going to Ireland because you don't need the Irish vote um, but he was adamant he wanted to come for numerous reasons I suppose oh, to revisit the home of his ancestors um, and also which I found out from making the documentary which not a lot of people knew about he wanted to visit a Gaeltacht area which is Galway and uh, when I was doing the research, going back years ago, looking into this, the question kept coming up, like, why Galway in particular? And that was the very reason, because he want, he had an interest in the Gaeltacht and the Irish language, um, which was why Anthony Ryan's father, Paddy Ryan, delivered his speech, Askelga, to President Kennedy, which at the time was didn't go down well at all, because 
it was Oscar in Irish. Nobody knew what he was saying, but he was instructed to do that because John F. Kennedy had a love for the Gael Duckton Irish language. So John F. Kennedy spent four days, which he described as the best four days of his life in Ireland. And I did the documentary about the visit to Galway because obviously I'm a Galway woman and there's a Galway connection there. But there's also a very interesting story about his visit to Limerick um, with the mayor there at the time, Francis Condell. He, the visit to Limerick was not planned, but she made sure he came to Limerick. And what she did to make that happen is nothing short of something that somebody should make a film about. Very interesting. So he spent four days in, in Ireland and um, the visit, I suppose, was just to reinforce that ancestral visit. And, you know, it was probably part PR, but he was advised not to do, but he did it. He did it anyway. And it was success. Huge success. And he wanted to come to Galway just because of the, the Gaelic connection. Yeah, the, the, the connection, connection with the Gaelic. Yeah, yeah. Which not even the JFK Library knew, actually. And it's there's very little about that in any book because I just devour books about John F. Kennedy because the more you research, the more you need to research if you're, doing, if you're creating anything. You need to research, make sure all your stats, facts and figures, all your research backs up. Um, so, yeah. That's why he came to Galway. August Abershi, a couple of fuckle in Gaelic. He says, oh, look, we're showing off now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he says a couple of words in Irish. He, he says, uh, whenever you rock up to the gate in uh, the, the White House, just uh, say, They gave me the falsha. Yeah. 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 Imagine. Imagine an American president saying that now, you know, just come on up to the gates. But, you know, those times uh, air travel wasn't that popular. But he just had a way of connecting with people. And, I've been listening to him talk and his speeches. You know, I, I, I still listen to podcasts about the Kennedys and the Kennedy dynasty family. And I'm just drawn to his voice. He was so charismatic. He was so well able to deliver a speech. Now, he had fantastic speech writers, but you still have to be able to deliver a speech regardless. Mm. Um, he had that connection. He was notorious for being a very fast talker, however, very coherent. Elegant, yeah. Um, he just, I suppose he had a way of connecting with the layman because even when he gave his speech and he talked about um, welcoming the people of Ireland to the White House and the Cade Mila Vulture, and he translated that, he said, in, in Irish, that means, uh, you know, you're very welcome. He translated for the Galway people and they just got such a good laugh out of that because he, I think he was able to, utilize his humor and knit that into the speeches and it was delivered so um so well and i often wonder how did he memorize the speeches how did he because they were quite lengthy at times how did he remember because they were written for him like but he must he must have changed them just something i'm kind of curious about mm -hmm. you know it's like just so beautiful, beautiful the way he delivered it, delivers the speeches if you listen to him. So, yeah. It's funny you say that he's uh, translating for Galwegians. Mm -hmm. I, I assume that he's translating for the, his American audience, but maybe you're correct. Well, the speech was given in Galway. Um, it wasn't li li televised live. And in fact, I was speaking to somebody. Uh, so it was for the Galway people. He he, he actually, that's what it means. Um when he went back, this is direct uh, primary source because I was in the Hyannis Museum and in the Kennedy compound. When when he came back from Ireland, there was a movie night every Friday night in the Kennedy compound and he insisted on playing the movie in brackets of when he visited Galway. 
because he just loved it so much. So the American um, Broadcast um, Corporation filmed uh, snippets of when he was in Galway. But no, he translated that for the the people that were there on the day, which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So the helicopter is featured quite a lot and... um, you know, he comes in and he goes out and it's an A to B journey. It's not from A to A journey. So um, I'm interested as to where did the helicopter come from and where did it leave whenever he was on the uh, the chopper at both stages? Where did it come from as in? As in what part of Ireland? It, it, oh, from Dublin. Yeah, from Dublin. So, so he came so, from Dublin. Yeah. Yeah. So he spent time with Eamon de Valera and his wife, Sheila. Um, so it landed on the sports ground in Galway uh, on on College Road. And then he got into a car um, with Paddy Ryan and they travelled the route down Foster Street, Air Square, up through Shop Street. Um, and then across the bridge, Bridge Street. And then, th- um, you know where the Clada is there at the fire station, just that bend and the building hasn't changed one bit. And then out to Salt Hill to Seapoint, it finished in, in Seapoint. And then he went down to Limerick. Okay, so the chopper went on to Limerick thereafter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What impact do you think his visit had on Galway? You know, I was speaking to another radio show about this recently. Um, and there's a, there's this notion that water holds memory. So if water, if water is exposed to joy, empathy, humor, it doesn't matter what emotion, it holds onto that memory. So if you put that little par- particle of water under a microscope, you can see the different shapes for joy, for joy, empathy, humor, whatever it is. And I was at an exhibition in Clifton Arts Festival a number of years ago, and that kind of resonated with me. And I thought, what? There has to be an impact in terms of his visit, how people at that energy has changed. And it has changed because since his visit, the IDA was formed after his visit, um, as you probably know. And industrial relations in terms of the American Irish market was just opened. He gave a sense of hope to people that anything is possible. And I think that's why I hold him in such high regard that, you know, he, his family came from Wexford, where one part of them Wexford and ended up in Boston. And, you know, three generations later, he was president of the United States. So it's such a huge achievement. It just goes to show like anything really is possible in life if you just work really, really hard, if you're focused and enough grit. And, you know, he has that, he had that Irish wish and humour. I think that helped as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lovely line in it, which, I mean, we take these things for granted now because of how fast communication is. But there's a lovely line in the movie where somebody says... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm really sorry. They didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Definitely okay. not. What do you call your dog? Boo. Boo, Boo. is my sidekick. Yeah, yeah. Boo. Oh, He's a great guard dog, I'm obviously. Sure, I'm sure Boo will certainly scare the, scare the, the, the would-be intruders, yeah? <laughs> and then hopefully you're there, not. Boo. Oh, yeah. Hopefully not. Oh my gosh. There was a line in the documentary. Yeah, sorry. There's a line in the movie as uh, and they said that he just wanted to listen to his accent. 
And mm. I, I, that, you know, it reminded me of my father whenever he was a kid. He walked three miles, him and half the town, because he knew this phone call was going to happen on Saturday evening from America. Oh. And they could hear it from the, the first floor of the house. And, you know, my, whenever the phone call eventually rang, my father turned yeah. around to somebody and said, that's coming from America. You know, <laughs> so like you see yeah, how they things have changed now and how fast the communication is. I know. Yeah. So I, I carry know. on and there. No, you're absolutely right. And that you know, with your dad, like he, they probably like a lot of their uh, interviewees for the documentary, they would never. Some of them didn't even have a television, so it was very parochial. They wouldn't have been able to digest any of that information. Like so. For them, even seeing John F. Kennedy, he was tanned. They don't realize like he, he it wasn't that he was tanned. He 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 did a number of different illnesses, um, and that he you know that his teeth were white, and you know they just saw this charismatic man. But yeah, that's interesting about the accent. Yeah, yes, I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny what people remember. Yeah. So, where did you get the idea to make this movie? So. Uh, I worked with Stan Shields, the photographer, since retired with the Connacht Tribune, when I worked in the Connacht Tribune about 20 years ago. And he would always tell me the story about the day he met John F. Kennedy. It's in the documentary, but common knowledge. He basically jumped into the car to take a photograph of John F. Kennedy. That was his friend. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And John F. Kennedy, the the Secret Service agent, jumped on top of Stan and John F. Kennedy said, that's my friend. And then John F. Kennedy said, hi, my my name is Jack or my name is John. And I just thought that is so funny. Isn't that just typical John F. Kennedy introducing himself? You know, when yeah. he's the most famous man in on, on the planet at the time. And Stan, I just thought that really, like, Stan was still so excited about that as if it had just happened. And I thought that had such an impact on his life. And I thought, I need to get the story of the people that were there, not a political angle. Because you see, there's people that are involved in politics and they're always on the TV and they always get interviewed. But I wanted the, real, the people with the real story, people that felt that connection and that love. And Cinema Cleveland in the States described the documentary as a love story between the Galway people and John F. Kennedy. And that's exactly what it was. Mm. And how did you locate those people? So I put a shout out on social media and in the local media as well. And I got a great response. So just looking for people that were there on the day. Got a lot of responses from people that, oh, my my dad was there, but since passed, or my grandmother, but since passed. And I was like, no, I want primary people that were there. Interviewed over 100 people and I whittled it down to 12, actually, because two more came in at a later date. They had to be in it um, for various reasons. But so whittled it down, the 12 apostles. <laughs> and I, I wanted people that were very, very um, genuine in terms of why they want to tell their story and they all had to have a different story but there had to be one narrative just in terms of the story itself so from beginning to end and I was I visualized exactly how I wanted this documentary to look down to what uh even I wanted them to hold a photograph of them at that age they were and I I had to have them standing in the exact location Uh. from yeah just there was one lady and it was in around the same street. That was the only one. But everybody else, it was the exact same location. For me, that was really important. 
And it was important as a filmmaker because the emotion from them on the day, there was one particular man who was looking over a bridge and I remember saying to the camera, op- camera operator, no, no, you need to move the camera 180 degrees, 360. We need to get this and the view of the cladder. And the man hadn't stood on that bridge in 60 years and he just got so emotional. He was just brought back to that moment in time where life was carefree. We live in such a busy world mm. now. Yeah. Back then it was so much simpler and he was brought back to that moment. And if you can do that for somebody, uh, I think, you know, it just made it really special. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, what I found through podcasting is whenever you're interviewing people about past glories, whatever those glories are, you're, you're bringing them to that time and they're living, reliving that moment and they're yeah. there for a sustained period. And it does, it does play with the emotions somewhat. That's brilliant. I agree. And if you can do that for somebody, that's amazing about podcasting that you can do that. And, you know, it's almost like a form of mindfulness for that person. And I bet you they, like, no more than when we were in, when I was interviewing the, the, the people that, that participated in the documentary, they almost became childlike. Yeah. Yeah, because they were children, a lot yes. of them. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Tell me, have you ever seen a movie called Pina by Vim Vendors about the dancer? No, never. Because your, your movie your movie reminded me of that. Um, oh. And I, 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 saw, I saw that there was a wedding on whenever I saw it and uh, some guy was getting married in England, William Windsor or somebody. And um, I was the only person in the cinema at the time, me and my... Uh, my kid and my the kid's mother. So yeah. um yeah, it was a royal wedding at the same time. So we we escaped all that and we went to the cinema. And um yeah. but there there was there was there's parts of your movie that's very similar. And um, what's it called the movie again? P- Pina P I N A about the about the um a choreographer. It's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Finn oh. Vendors, a photographer or filmmaker. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna look that up. Um I purposely, and I'm like this with everything really, I don't want to be influenced by anything. Yeah. So I took a blank canvas, but I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew that I had to have their story, but I knew, and it was through going back with edit after edit after edit, that doesn't work, that doesn't work, this works, this works better, even down to shots. I must look at that movie, I'm really intrigued now. Um, (laughs) I must look at, even even with the shots that were taken, you know, I had a great, actually, Galway videographer that came working on the latter stages, Paddy Finn is his name, no relation at all, Paddy mm-hmm. Finn. And he had lovely drone footage of Galway that he supplied. And he's really gifted. He's a gifted photographer. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, so that's, I knew what I wanted and I wasn't going to deviate, but I worked with them. Um, a Sundance director, award-winning director last summer, as well as running a PR firm and doing everything else that I do. Uh-huh. I wanted like to work in the on the ground in the industry. So I wanted to see. So I was hired as casting director and cast two cast members for this film that's going to be in the cinemas 2024 and RT 2025. Uh-huh. And through working with them, I... I'd strengthen my belief in, oh yeah, that's, ex- I'm right. That's exactly, I'm right. And sticking to my guns, I'm not going to deviate. You can deviate a little bit, but you kind of have to stick to what you think will work. And then always open, but at the same time, not everybody's right. And if you just, and it was kind of like, it was difficult for me because 
it, it was my first, it was and wasn't my first documentary because a lot of stuff I do have sold on and my name has, it's been white labeled. My name isn't attached to it, but this was one project that I was like, no, I'm owning this. Yeah. <laughs> this is mine. Yeah. Um, and it's solely mine. And I am so happy to have it over the line and done and dust it. But uh, yeah. And uh, I'm aware of the time. How much more time would you like? Well, we can keep going like, keep if going. you want. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, um, I do have some interesting questions and there's more questions around for budding uh, young filmmakers, maybe. So I'm coming mm. from this here angle. So, do you miss a loved one that's passed on? Perhaps you miss their voice or their mannerisms. Perhaps you have questions that remain unanswered. Don't let that happen to your children or grandchildren. At Salt Hill Media, we can record your life story or that of a loved one for future generations. So when someone asks, hey, what was Granny like? Or what was Granddad like? You can point them to an interview and say, you tell me. We can tailor an interview to be as long or as short as you want it to be, all with professional recording equipment and post-production. You may think that your life is not worth documenting. Well, not according to your children or grandchildren. Record that life story before it's too late. Email salthillmedia at gmail.com or go to salthillmedia.com for more information. This is the Galway Podcast. Did you storyboard this? And if you did, should you have? And if you didn't, should you have? Mm, Interesting question. So I've storyboarded before and or a treatment, as they call it as well. And I definitely think it's worth uh, putting the time in because I've worked with, uh, as I said, Sundance film director, and you get a feel for how it should play out. And everybody's on the same page. And I, I, I storyboard this in my head, and I'm sorry that I didn't actually storyboard this in paper because it became a bit of a process in terms of trying to relay my vision to somebody else that was just a camera person that didn't re- didn't really couldn't really get inside my head but it meant then that I was on the ground just literally this is the angle this is how you do it and and I'm so glad I was part of that process I didn't hand it to somebody else but yeah like I would recommend it you can deviate from it but it just gives the theme and it's storyboard. It's a storyboard. And yeah, I yeah. recommend it. Yeah. And how much footage? So the, the movie is 25 minutes and 19 yeah. seconds. How much footage did you shoot? Hours. Um, there was hours. Uh, there was, gosh, when you think about all the time that was put in, um, it was over a series of months. Wow. So on and off. But you, you depending had. Depending on the weather. But you had, <laughs> of course, yeah. it being yeah. Galway. Uh, yeah. So you had a very clear idea as to what it was mm. going to look like anyway. So it, did that mean editing was simpler? Um, it did, but you really need to be careful who you're working with. Because I was quite lucky that I worked with the team I worked with last year because they're seasoned professionals. So I... When I had something in my head, I went back to a particular person. I said, I've, this is what I actually want. Like one was like 
Galway at 5 a.m. in the morning where the dawn is just, it's just, you know, um, it's coming alive. Galway's coming alive. The streets are coming alive. It's silent. And I, I really wanted that. And I, the consulting producer said, yeah, definitely. That's a brilliant idea. And it stuck to my guns with so many different elements. So it made it, yeah, yeah, it did make it a lot more difficult. But then you kind of had room to play around. You're a little bit fluid. But I always knew what I wanted. And it's exactly, there's a few little tweaks. <laughs> Even yesterday, I was like, might just change that and change this and change this. And I was like, oh, okay, so you're still, you're still editing it. No, I'm not. It's done. I'm yeah. just like, I'm an artist at heart. Your ne- project is never finished, like ever. There's a great quote. No, no artist completes their work. They merely abandon it. Wow, that is beautiful. Oh my gosh, that is so true because everything comes down to budget, 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 budget. And I was self-funding all this until Galway City Council came on board and co-funded it with me. So um, I was making this regardless. It didn't matter. I was like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and, and how did you get uh, Galway City Council on board for this? Um, so it was a bursary, but I... I chatted to, I think it was Neil McNeil as the councillor was talking to him about the project and he invited me in to look at the archives from 1963, from the visit, which was an incredible experience. I found a letter that John F. Kennedy wrote to the people of Galway. and we, There was a flag that he gifted, which is, they're all now being curated in the Galway City Museum and preserved, which is fantastic. And so from there, I it just snowballed from that it's you see it showcases Galway at its very best in terms of how beautiful Galway city is and the people of Galway which is part of the heritage of Galway as well so like even we when I was in Hyannis which is John F Kennedy's hometown with the museum at the premiere a few weeks ago there's talk of them wanting to twin with Galway city which is huge mm. There's definitely, um, they got involved and they got involved because it's it's a project about Galway and it's, it was important to tell that story because it's a, it's an oral history project because a lot of people, because it's 60 years ago, can no longer remember or unfortunately they've passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've obviously had a very um, twisting and turning path to end up to where you are today, having made your first uh, documentary that you can call your own. What mm. what would be your advice to any parents who can see maybe budding, um, a budding interest in their child uh, mm. into the foray of filmmaking? Yeah, I think as parents, because I'm a parent myself, we need to be really, really careful um, in terms of letting our children figure things out for themselves in a lot of ways in terms of when they're filmmaking and for young budding filmmakers it's to get experience with people that know what they're doing so the likes of you know working with a really good tv production company um in an area that you want to work with in with you know so like there's different genres as you know so you know it depends on what you like and the style of filming that you like get some really good experience and don't be afraid to experiment and don't be afraid just to go out and shoot and don't be afraid to write down your ideas and, you know, figure out. Maybe some people are better at producing, some people are better at directing, some people are better at, um, you know, as a camera operator. So figure out what you like 
and um, because I always thought it was presenting. Now, I do love TV presenting, but I equally so love, you know, finding the story and what's the story and how can I tell the story better and in, in a different way. Oh, it's great to listen to you. I mean, you, your passion is coming across and um, <laughs> it, it's it's so great. To, you know, I was talking to Aideen Maloney. Uh, I, I loved the conversation with her and we we're discussing uh, this Japanese concept of Ichigai, which is, if you think of a uh, Venn diagram with four circles, one is mm. um, I'm, I love what I do. Another one is I'm good at what I do. Another one is I can get paid for it. And the fourth mm. one is the world needs it. So oh, which of those yeah. four, how many of those four do you think you're hitting? Oh, all of them. But the fourth one is the project that I'm thinking of doing. Um, I just want to work with the right people. And it's just a matter of time. There's actually two projects. I'm just itching <laughs> to get started. So that was going to be change. my question. What, what, what is, yeah. What's next for you? I'm, I'm seeing, yeah. you mentioned there that him going to Limerick, but I'm also seeing another project, which is the Pope coming to Galway. <laughs> <gasps> no, do you not know. I was there. I was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I probably was there somewhere. <laughs> I, I probably was too, actually. Um, no, because, well, I will never say never to anything, but no, I think it's really important to work on projects that you're passionate about, like really passionate about. Like, you know, there. I think it's uh, Martin Luther King had a saying that, you know, it's better to do small things really good than one great thing. So like, you know, yeah. just to make a change in some way in the world, small little changes, like, you know, making the documentary and and having these people in that made such a difference to their life and they've been able to tell that story. There was a form of healing there. You know, there's a saying that, and this was another element of the documentary, that love or grief is unexpressed love. Yeah. And wow. for the, yeah, it's very powerful. Like mm. with John F. Kennedy's death, the, the people that we interviewed were still grieving. This mm. sounds so, you could see it. And there was such therapy the way they were able to talk about him. It's something that I uh, have realized in, since the passing of my mother is grief is the price you pay for love. I know. I know. And you're better off to have experienced it than exactly. not. But yeah. yeah so. sorry, sorry, Pam, you were, saying, you were saying about your next project. So what are they? Yeah. Well, I can't tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't tell you. They're top secrets. No, oh, don't be daft. of course. That makes sense. No way. That makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. But I will tell you that. Uh, as I said, I'm working, I want to work with the right people. And the thing is, like, I have this idea, I get these ideas, like, I need to do this. I need to do this. Yeah. But, like, you forget that production is so expensive. Like, everything runs just at such a high cost. What What is, I mean, I, I'm, I'm naive in this world because I'm a podcaster. I've got all the equipment I need. You know, I've got the mics, I've yeah. got the, the mixing desk, et cetera, the, the computers. Yeah. So tell me about the expense that you uh, endure. It just depends. Like it depends who you're working with, their level. It depends on, you know, the different, many different layers, like color grading, music, producers, directors, systems. It just depends. Like you can make something on a shoestring, but it's also equally so about working with the right people. So like there was, you know, I, I when I stuck to what I wanted and I spoke with the guy that came in as a consulting producer, he reinforced because he had that experience. So I just needed him to go, yes. I needed him to go, yes or no. And that's what I needed. But I 
I've watched and I've waited and I've looked and I wanted to work with the right people. And I think that um, that's pivotal. And then it just depends. Like the cost can go to anything, anything, any amount. Like there's no, like, you know, we made a TV series for RTE. I think it cost 12,000 to make. No, sorry, cost 10,000 to make. Um, you know, so just depends. And that was like three minutes long by six, yeah, six seasons. So wow. really, really, yeah, like that's not a lot of money. That's can can I ask how much? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I, I have to ask these questions. So. I know you do. And I love the fact that normally I would have skirted around it. But, you know, I think with making something, you become so protective of it. Yeah. Like this is literally... I'm so like I've never been this protective of something that I've created because I think you know you, you know when I I didn't have full control over it I felt it wasn't mine but the fact that I had full control over this I knew I knew then that I was going to protect it um, and that means just the integrity of it that's why even I when I was working last year on the film set the director said he only works with kind people uh-huh. and I thought oh my god that's amazing. Yeah. That's brilliant. And that's why the people that we interviewed, well, I interviewed, because I in, when I was doing the interviews with the people that I whittled down to the 12, I'd asked them the same question about 10 times, just asked it slightly differently until I got the answer I wanted. And I knew it was, you know, because when you ask them the first time, they kind of have a little bit of bravado. And yeah. then you, you get to the real crooks of, mm-hmm. yeah, you do. But... I knew that from the years of interviewing people and looking. I look like I look at people and tell you how they interview different interview styles. I look at how films are shot, what works, what doesn't work. I mightn't have the technical know-how, but I know how to say that's you know this is it, that's it, yeah. that's exactly. Um, but yeah, I should say I know John Cunningham. I, I know him from uh, yes. singing in bars. He's a great singer. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll not say who, where he was there last week, but I saw him singing because I think I think the session's a bit of a it's a secret okay. in Galway, you know. So we don't like to oh. promote it too much. But um, <laughs> he's a great like singer. That. Yeah, he's a great, fantastic he singer. Never said. Um, so next time you see him, yeah, you should get him to sing you a wee song. Can I tell you a funny story about the Jack Cantor? Just talking about John Cunningham. I won't mention who it is though. So I had my interviewees on the day, I had my schedule sheet of who, on a number of days, who was coming in to be interviewed. And uh, this man walked up, I'm not going to say which interviewee, because it turned out so well. And I was like, he's not on the interview sheet. And I was like, he's not in any of the notes for research. I was like, what? And I was like, just come on in and we chat. <laughs> this guy got wind of what we were doing. He is so funny. And just decided to come in and rock up. He's featured in the documentary and he's very valid in the documentary. But I just thought that is, couldn't I have, I didn't have an email address for him. Didn't even know his name uh-huh. because I was doing the name check. And I was like, how did I miss this? The reason I, I found it because there was a, a release sheet, you know, like your media release sheet that you have to sign for everybody to say that, you know, you can utilize their photo, their image, whatever. Yeah. And that's how I tracked him down. I tracked him down by ringing a number of different businesses in Galway who knew who he was. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that good? So you had to do, you had to do the detective work afterwards to see who, who on earth this person was. Yes. Oh my yes. God. 
Yes, I, and I am yes. intrigued. I, I don't know which guy it is. I'm yeah, like, you'll have to guess. Oh, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. <laughs> They're all full of different. You'll have to guess. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm guessing it is that guy who is peering straight into the camera and leaning forward into it, you know? <laughs> well, I, there was, oh my God, Leo Quinlan was another um, interviewee. He was at the gravesite the day John F. Kennedy was That's um, right, yeah. interned. Yeah, he like, it was, it was surreal talking to him because he was there on the day mm. and he experienced it and he was within the foot of the grave right. and he's an incredible man he's doing a lot of work with Jedeville um and he just he's an interesting character I think you'd like you'd enjoy interviewing yeah. him because he's a Galway man yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, something I have to ask which was yeah whenever you're Shooting it, did you have, because it's been screened in museums, did you know that it was going to be screened in museums? Because there are some times whenever, like, there's a soft focus and there's an awful lot of white on the left. And I was thinking, mm. oh, that, that I can see that in a, in a museum or, or an art gallery. Mm. Did you mm. know where the venues were going to be whenever you're filming it? Yeah, so I, I wrote it down on my vision board about four years ago. Um, it was going to be in the JFK Museum. Ah. It was never not going to be. I knew it was. And I wouldn't stop until it was. So it was. It was premiered there and it's there. I knew that it had a possibility of making it onto the big screen because I commissioned, I pitched it to RT and it was nearly going to get produced. And then the last minute, it just didn't. Maybe down to budgets, I don't know. Um, but I said, no, that's, that's okay. I'll still go ahead and make it. I don't, I don't need RT, uh, at the time, but who knows? It might be an RT, um, in, in the foreseeable future, but I'm talking to, um, cinemas, it's in cinemas in the States and I'm talking to other distributors and it's online as well at jfkthe3miles.com for people to buy it. To view it. Um, so yeah, I always knew it was. It had to be a piece of art. So if you're creating something, it was very thought out, the process. There was a lot of B-roll that was shot that I just literally dumped. So I was like, no, that's not going to work yeah. <laughs> at all. Like B-roll, as you know, is, you know, the image, the images that, you know, that are used that, well, I suppose, secondary tell the story. And so there were images that just were not suitable. And I had to go back and say, no, they're not suitable uh, for me, that's tough because yeah. I, you know, I want I want people to go and do a job and to be done well. When it's not, <laughs> I was just, it, I had to stick to my guns, but I had support. Like I had a really, really good team. I had Sophia Small who helped me in terms of navigating this. And then I had um, Steve Battle, who was the consulting producer that just kind of said, no, Pam, you're fine. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. To thine own self be true. Yes. Yes. It's, yes. Yeah, it's so true. A guy in, uh, I, I need to look up his name, in the art gallery in Clifton, whenever I did an episode there, uh, he said that to me and it's like, wow, okay, now I know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think if you're authentic and you just, I think there's not, you know, you can't really go too far wrong it's not ego it's just you know the vision yeah that's it, it yeah that's it that is it exactly and 
it might, it might, listen, I am exhausted after this project. It might be my last project ever. <laughs> like it might be, I don't know. I, I, I would like to tell the two stories from the, the two other projects, but uh, it'll fall into my lap. I won't go looking for it. I need to find somebody that's really passionate about you know, cinematography and sees the bigger picture in terms of, you know, delivering something really beautiful. It doesn't, sometimes there's beauty in silence. When I was interviewing the candidates for the documentary, um, the best piece of footage you get is when they stop talking mm. because they reflect and the cameraman kept interrupting. I kept, no, don't talk. Mm. Don't talk. And there is the closing line for the documentary is Michael Broderick, who basically says John F. Kennedy was one of our own. And he has, there's a silence after he says it and he just reflects and there's a sadness. And I knew that was going to be the closing line. I knew I was like, that's it. Yeah. That's exactly it. But sometimes there's beauty in silence. So sometimes it's just letting the camera go and see where it goes to. Uh, because you're not, it's not live television. You're not caught up with time restraints and, it has to be this and that and, you know, like the Late Late Show, like that. <laughs> that yeah, style yeah. of interviewing is torture. Oh, yeah. Get, it, get, get the sound bite in three minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's difficult as an interviewer to do that as well. Absolutely, yeah. But it was funny, whenever that last line was delivered by that man, um, uh, I had to rewatch it because it, it, it was so heavy and dense and so fast. Uh, so yeah. whenever I watched it again, it's like, he's just said everything, you know, yeah. in, in what, three three sentences or, mm. or you know, it was, it was, you couldn't even hear the full stop. It was just delivered. And it was I like know. so succinct and so to the point. Yeah. And there it was. Yeah. Yeah. And when we premiered it in Galway and the Hyannis, uh, people were very emotional. There's one one woman that came up to me in Hyannis afterwards, just gave me a big hug, and she said, I just found that so emotional. She was only in her, like, mid-40s. Wow. And so if you can just... I said at the back of the screen for Hyannis, I said at the very back, so I want to see people's reaction, because in Galway, I was at the very front. Uh-huh. And I was so giddy. I was sitting on the seat, I was looking around, what's everybody think? And I couldn't see them because it was dark. And I was like, I just wanted to jump up and look at everybody and see what are they feeling you know and it was funny like there's some funny bits in it and it's what you take from it I suppose with everything but you know when I was when we're when I was filming I there's you know I didn't find humor with with some of the lines but when I when I look back now I laugh Mm, isn't it funny isn't that funny yeah and sometimes it takes the audience to complete the work you know they they tell you what's funny Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, that's right. <laughs> that's so true, actually. Pam, uh, so you said um, it can be viewed on jfkthe3miles.com. Yeah. And you're working with distributors and just pointing mm. at the listeners to where they can view the movie. Thank so the, the best place would be this, uh, jfkthe3miles.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JFKThe3Miles.com or .ie. Yeah, um, so, And you yeah. said a couple of places uh, in the JFK Museum. It's been... Yeah, in Hyannis and Cinema Cleveland. Um, it's going to be featured in film festivals over the next number of months as well with screenings, mostly in the US, some in the UK and scattered around the world. And then 
Um, so it'll, its home will be, its home is actually the JFK Museum in High Ennis. That's okay. the museum that was founded after John F. Kennedy died. Um, the director went to Jack, Jacqueline Kennedy and she requested that it be in this building, which is a beautiful old building and steeped in history. And you can just, it's like you're, you're just connected. You feel connected to them there. And um, is it also in the Galway Museum? Yes, it's in the Goy Museum as well. It was it's in the Goy Museum for the summer. Uh, they're showing different screenings on different days. So yeah, in the Goy City Museum and yeah, and online. So it's yeah. So if anybody wants to go to Hyannis, they can just fly <laughs> over and see it live uh, in the museum or view it online. But yeah. Um, and while you're over there, make sure you go up to White House and just say Kid Mila Falcha and they'll probably bring you in for yeah, a cup of tea. John yeah. <laughs> John and Kendi said I could come in. Yeah, I know. Actually, but you know what? I, I'm not political, but um, I'm just delighted that I was able to just give a nod to a man that I I think has definitely impacted the world. Like he founded the Peace Corps as well. Like, you know, this he did so much good. Um, and I think we should remember the goodness in people. And I hope this documentary has done that and let the Galway people that were there on the day tell their story. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, he's shown a huge light in Galway and one could argue yeah. that the light hasn't gone out since. I totally agree. Totally agree. That's so funny you say that. You know, when I was making the documentary, I was originally going to have it all in black and white for modern day and then colour for his visit, you know, with the archival footage. Um, but it just didn't look right on screen, meaning that he brought colour to the city. Ah, clever. Yeah. Yeah, I was probably being too clever because I didn't <laughs> it didn't really work on screen. It just looked a bit jarring. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think, I think um, it, it, no, it's fantastic the way it turned out. Thank you. Yeah, Thank really you. Good. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. Pam, I'm so grateful for your time and uh, whatever your future holds, I'm sure it's going to be uh, full of colour and uh, full oh. of passion. So fair play to you. Thank you so much. Such a joy to be asked questions about something that I love. Mm, yeah. Do something that you love and you never have to work again. Yeah. I know. That's it. That's what we should all do. No more than yourself. That's what you're doing. And it's, I think it's important. Yeah. Thanks, Pam. Okay. Well, nice talking Thank to you, you today. Thank Lovely. you. Lovely. You too. Thank you. Cheers, nice slam. Slam. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a Solid Hill Media original podcast and production.